Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Seat Time, everybody. Brian Pierce here, your host for this fine evening. So Seat Time brought to you by Fly Racing. Definitely huge, huge supporters of our sport and, of course, huge supporters of Seat Time. So we appreciate those guys for being in on our show. So, Mr. Steve Pierce, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing great. I'm yeah? Getting ready for the Colorado Adventure. Woohoo! I like that Fly Racing shirt you yeah, have it's on. It's pretty hot, isn't it? Yeah, it is pretty hot. I like the red, though. I didn't even change shirts. This is what I... This is the Cavern Club. Got this from my sister when she was over in London. Your daughter. That's right. It's the way it works. So uh, Papa Pierce is on the show tonight. We're going to be doing a lot of talking about Seatham Adventures, things that go on in Colorado of the, of the short of the sort. So with that, though, of course, we're going to have huge uh, support from the guys over at Kenda Tire. So thank you very much for that. We're going to be trying out the Equilibrium Tires. That's going to be cool. We're going to talk about those a little bit later. And of course, Stillwell Performance with uh, their off-road suspension badassery that they do over there in Arizona. So Stillwell is actually going to be on the show tonight. And one of the things that he, he does do so well is off-road suspension. Specifically, he has a very you know good track record with 4CS, which comes on a lot of the KTMs and Huskies currently. Mm -hmm. So well, that's one of the big things. I want to talk to him kind of about Colorado. Now you've had a chance to test it out. Yeah. And, of course, I've been riding around lately on a bunch of moto tracks trying to get myself into riding shape as fast as possible, uh, kind of at sprint speed and, and remember how to turn because uh, – Laying a bike over and trusting yourself as you kind of just dig into a berm and stay on the throttle and not too much brake is, you, you lose that quicker than you think you would, unfortunately. Yeah. So you got to kind of stick on that. So that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to, to getting a chance to talk with Alan and uh, learning more about what, you know, some of the stuff that goes on in his life when he thinks Colorado and the suspension that he wants to create of greatness for people. So I hope, I hope everybody had a good 4th of July. Uh, we did not have a show last week. I was, of course, building a tree house. If anybody follows, uh, what goes on in my life. That was one of the big things I was up to. But of course, we'll give Stephen a little bit of a break, everybody out there, to enjoy some time with their family. That's always fun. Of course, Seat Time is archived on the site, seattime.co, or on Stitcher and iTunes as well. If you want to do audio only, that's always fun. There is a chat room. So if you want to get in here and talk to us a little bit about Colorado, maybe you've ridden there before, you've got opinions, you want to ride with us there in the future, that'd be a good place to do it tonight. Maybe you've got suspension questions for Mr. Allen Stillwell. Do it, bring it. It'll be fun. So that's tlk.io slash seat time. So um, big thing, cool thing. I think what's, uh, I don't know, whatever. We now have 2,000 people that are fans of us on Instagram. I don't really know what someone is on Instagram. People that say like 2,000. That's cool. That's above 1,000. So thanks for that, everybody. Appreciate it. And remember, reviews, reviews, reviews. If you like us on YouTube, Hit the little thumbs up button. If you think something cool is going on, make a comment about it. If you're on iTunes or something like that, please give us a star rating or uh, give us some comments on that. It will help us immensely. We would appreciate that. So the uh, recent happenings hadn't been too, too much going on. we got some stuff yeah. coming up with us and some other race series, but honestly, it's the summertime. It's starting to get a little slow. So uh, Starting to get a little hot. Starting, <sighs> starting to get really damn hot. Well, somebody that I know is probably super hot because they're in Arizona, and it is never cool over there. It's Mr. Alan Stillwell. So how's it going, my good friend? <laughs> you caught me about walking away from the chair. How's it going, Brian? Ah, yeah, he was like, my martini's empty. I need, to, I need to refill it. No, you had to turn that fan up higher that's behind him. Yeah. That's right. Hey, Pops is in the house tonight, Hello huh? Hello there. Yeah, good to see you again. Very good. Yep, so... 
Mr. Allen Stillwell, you've had a lot going on, honestly. Like, it looks like you used a lot of pictures of you on vacation with your daughter, just kind of kicking it. Then all of a sudden, you're in there getting your spine with some needles and all kinds of crazy stuff. So what's been going on, man? It seems like you've been yeah, trying to have little... fun right before crazy. Yeah, exactly. You know, you try and go have a little bit of vacation before the whole spine thing comes up. But I've, I've had a couple procedures on my back to try and get rid of some of this nerve pain that I have before I'm... You know, the big crash a year and a half ago. Coming up, I guess, on, more on two years ago. Man, that's insane. So I we kind of talked about it a little bit on text. I mean, the idea is they're putting these needles in there to try to get to the end of those nerve endings and kind of stimulate them? It's it's not actually stimulate them, Brian. What they do is they go in and uh, it's, it's these long needles like you saw on Instagram, but they're actually uh, electrically charged. And they go in and they find the ends of your spinal – well, they go into your spinal cord and find where the nerves come off of your spinal cord. And they actually insert the needle into the nerve. And you're awake for the whole thing, so you have to let them know, you know, when they've hit the right spot. It's a little bit like, you know, when the dentist finds the nerve on your tooth. Yeah. Uh, and then they're like, oh, okay, good, we've got it. So then they actually send an electrical current through that needle and burn that nerve. It's quite pleasant, let me tell you. <laughs> so you get like local anesthetic for maybe the needle going in, and after that it's all, how bad yeah. does it hurt? That's it, that's it. So this is the second set of four nerves I've had done, and I have uh, uh, two more sets of four to do. So first time around, you know, you don't know what to expect. This time around, it's like, they're going to stab me with those needles. <laughs> so the next time, yeah. yeah you're yeah. almost like, I don't want to show up. Have you had to go through anything oh, like that with all of your yeah, with your ailments? I had, matter of fact, they did that to my thigh muscle uh -huh. about a month ago, and he, he went in. I have like little vampire marks all over my leg, where they went in with this big needle, and he ground back and forth to try to break up some of the scar tissue from all the knee surgeries, and uh, that felt good, oh. uh, but it felt better later. Yeah. You know, old dirt bikers, right, Brian? <laughs> oh, well, I know I'm going in for my second surgery now on my ankle, uh, actually, the uh, end of next month. It turns out when we was in Baja, I was walking around about a month after Baja, and all of a sudden my ankle kept starting to give out of me, and it felt a lot like it did three years ago before I had surgery. So, of course, I, I go in. Go, huh? Don't let your sons grow up to be dirt bikers. Yeah, well, too well, bad. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, the so I didn't. I didn't actually rip the cartilage off the bone like I did last time, but it's still, they said that I kind of scuffed up some of the cartilage and that's what's catching and why my ankle will give out. So they got to go in there and clean it up. Um, so that's awesome. Good to be in another cast and have fun with that. So, but of course, we got Sea Time Adventures coming up, so we can't do it this month. Nope. And then we got TKO coming nope. up at the beginning can't of August. Right? So we're going to do it at the end of August and then uh, I'll just uh, drink on the beach uh, on Labor Day instead of be in the water. There you go. Assuming the lakes are down. I, I doubt it. They're all still full here in Texas. Yeah. I just talked to Max today about TKO. In fact, they're all uh, they're all getting ready for sure. Well, I know he's going to be uh, much more ready than I am. I'm just uh, I've got two days of moto in. I'll have seat time adventures. Then I'll have two more Sundays of moto in, and then TKO. Right. <laughs> So uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna hope hope that I have some technical ability left, but I'm gonna try to get some riding muscles uh, back up to par before oh. before we go to TKO. And I always found coming back from the Colorado 500 after spending four or five days in the saddle the whole day. Yeah, I mean you you're a lot better. 
than you were four or five days earlier. So that was always, I'd, I'd come back and I'd always look forward to the first enduro after the Colorado 500. Yeah. Like, I was deadly. Your technical abilities were off the charts. Yeah. Because I was living on I the bike happens, for a week. But if it not, and I go out there and I just ride the two hour race like I did last year, I still had a lot of fun. Get to hopefully take some cool pictures yeah. like we did last year. Hang out with everybody. That's Who's going to take the pictures so. if you qualify for the main event? I'm not going to qualify for the main event. If anything, <laughs> I'll make it to Saturday afternoon. That's the goal. And then I don't have any yeah. any 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 desire or thoughts that I would make it into Sunday. I don't need that to happen. <laughs> well, that's quite an accomplishment in itself, just getting out of the first round. Yeah, I missed it last year by just under three minutes. So I figure if I can keep my head on my shoulders this time, and I, what I realize is i got to go out a lot faster. I rode about a 75% trail pace on the first lap. And even though I was I was in row seven, so I was close to the front, but it was the second lap that screwed me because that's when you start catching up to all the lappers that are stuck on hills. And you have to be very aggressive to make passes because no one will let you by. Uh, everybody's just like, well, it's, I'm waiting in my turn at the line. So if you sit there and wait, you're, just, you're not going anywhere. So you've got to just elbow by everybody and go, and you've got to get up these hills that have people clustered all over them. Um, so I know this year that that first lap needs to be much more of a about a 90% sprint. Um, I don't want to go 100-100 because then I won't have much left for the second second loop. But, uh, I, yeah, so that's the plan. We'll see how it goes. We'll have fun. And obviously you and I will chat beforehand to try to get uh, said bike dialed in. Uh, the rider, though, I guess that's my part. That's I don't know. We'll, part. we'll see. Part. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on it. Well, cool. Well, well good thing is, is is that you have a lot of experience, one, Working with suspension, two off-road suspension, and three a lot of a lot of experience working and riding in Colorado. So that was one of the big things that I wanted to talk to you. So with Seat Time Adventures, we are going riding. We're leaving on this. They're leaving Friday. We're leaving Saturday. First riding day for us is going to be Sunday out there in Taylor Park. I kind of I wanted to talk to you about suspension setup, but maybe even bike setup too. So we're going to be going to Colorado. What are some of the big questions that people ask you? I, I can imagine that the the question for a long time was jetting was one thing. But then when it comes to suspension, that's still a key part. Even though we're all EFI, you know, we don't have electronic dampening in our bikes. We don't have, you know, with our accelerometers yet. So kind of what are some of the big questions that you get about going, I'm going riding in Colorado. What do I do? Yeah, it, it, there is a lot of questions, Brian. And luckily for us, you know, the company started in Colorado and I was there for a number of years. And so... Sure enough, the first place that, you know, we started doing full-on testing was Taylor Park, Pitkin, Sargents, and um, gosh, there for a few summers, I was doing, you know, over 2,000 miles in a summer. It was just every weekend and sometimes during the week. It was exactly four hours from my house to my buddy Tester Tim's house right outside of Pitkin, Colorado, which is just, you know, over a range from Crested Butte one way and over a range the other way from Sargents, and it's it was just total nirvana up there, and you could really sort of bike out, you know, very fast on all of that stuff. In fact, I just talked to him. He's up there clearing trail right now. They've had a lot of rain, but you guys should have some moisture for sure. So you're you're coming into uh, you coming into Crested Butte. Yes, that is the plan. So what's going to happen is we're kind of we were we were going to do a little bit of a bigger, you know, more. Oh, so I can already tell that my dad's questioning what I just gave him. So for those of you, Dallas does have a very large emerging craft beer scene. Uh, this is the newly released Deep Elm uh, Easy Peasy IPA. So a nice little session IPA. It's still going to have some hops, but it does have a lot of uh, fun fruity flavors to it with some tangerine and lemon peel. 
Um, but I think it's pretty. Uh, oh no! Don't let's concentrate. That's okay. On well, that's just gotta. We gotta. Everybody. Everybody <laughs> I'll, wants. I'll have to one for you. How's that? There you go. There you go. Well, Stephen's got his. So yes, we're gonna be going into Crescent Butte. There, we're gonna be staying. So we're staying. We've got a couple different places. They're camping right there at the Taylor uh, Reservoir. Um, we're gonna be there at the the Holt uh, Guest Ranch, and then some other people camping kind of primitively, you know, just off the river up there. So I mean, we're gonna kind of be central there. We're gonna start. Every morning together, end every day together, and then kind of come together for dinner and make sure that everybody gets the chance to have a couple beers and, and share all their bench racing stories and talk about who did something awesome, uh, who screwed what up, and then all the cool video footage that we got to make our little document out and of if it. if we're lucky, the Stephen and I will be in the right place at the right time, or the wrong time, yeah. with the cameras and the quad and whatnot to take pictures of, and document all of the fun. Yeah. Like yeah. American yeah. Flag Mountain. Yes. There you go. Or, or go up and hide behind some trees in the Aspens along Doctors Park, and you'll get some good pictures there of guys cartwheeling off the hills for sure. Yeah, Yay. even if it's not our guys. Yeah, no. We, we could take any footage of guys crashing because we can always uh, have fun with that for sure. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, um, guys, we do get a lot of calls for just this reason. A lot of guys from the Midwest, Texas, you know, coming down from Canada or wherever. They, uh, they all want to make their annual pilgrimage out to the Rocky Mountains or the Sierras or, you know, wherever they end up going with some elevation. So <clears throat> most of the time when, uh, when a customer will call us, they'll, they'll say, you know, I, I ride here and then I go to Colorado in the, in the summer or, you know, I go to Baja and, and Colorado. So um, what, what you should try and do first is really talk to yourself if you're doing your own tuning or your tuner about just what your expectations for your motorcycle are going to be. So, like, in your case, Brian, when we set up your new bike, you know, we knew that you were going to be going to Colorado. We also knew that you were going to be out motos on, on the track trying to get in shape. And uh, so, you know, from the get-go, you have to look for a happy medium because, let's face it, when, you, when you're riding an XC or an RR or, you know, uh, an FE Husky or whatever you've got out there, and you're trying to do all those different disciplines, you're going to have to you're going to have to compromise somewhere. So with that said, when you're getting ready to go to Colorado to do your ride, the very first thing you want to do is to make sure that the basics are done. Make sure that you know your linkage is unstuck. Make sure you've got you know all your bushings greased. All the normal basic things that you should typically do anyway, but most of us are too excited to go riding, right? So assuming that all that's done and your forks are in the clamps where you want them, you need to set your sag right. And whether you've had a tuner like us or someone else do your suspension for you or you, you know, you've, you're running at stock, you need to get to your resources and make sure that you have the, the, the sag set correctly because you're going to go into an environment up in the mountains where you need the bike to turn. You absolutely need it to turn because – you're either in the mountains, as you guys know, you're either going up, across, or down. And typically, you're not going straight up. You're going like this, back and forth, up 29 switchbacks or, huh? or you know, yeah. <laughs> fair trail <laughs> or whatever, no, whatever, other, whatever other trails you guys come across up there. And the same for coming down. So having the bike balanced, I always, I always just harp on this, but... All the new bikes, they have to be balanced front to back. They can't ride stink bug. They can't ride two drop down in the back. You'll suffer either way. So make sure you sag set right. <clears throat> I would say to run your, your, uh, uh, your tubes a little bit further up in the clamp maybe, a couple, a couple of millimeters there. 
just to give you a little bit more bite on the front end. And that's something that, and, and everything that I'm telling you guys should really be tested before you get there. Because the worst thing in the world is to not really do your tuning and your homework and then potentially ruin a couple days of your ride trying to get your bike sorted out. Right. Because just like jetting, you know, you go out there with Midwest jetting or Texas jetting and you haven't done anything to it, you're going to be along the side of the trail if you're on a two-stroke and you're going to be playing with pilots and needles and so forth. And the same is going to be for your clickers because the type of terrain that you're going to encounter up there is rocks and rocks and then more rocks and then more rocks with some roots thrown in. And then it'll be, you know, it'll be a little moist in the morning and it'll be Nirvana for an hour. And then you're going to come out after lunch and you're going to get rained on and then you're going to be riding in the mud. And then it's going to get slippery because you're, you're freight training behind all your buddies and, you know, that mud's all over the rocks. And so the point being is that do your homework first, try some different settings, and I'll talk about those in a second. But try and sort your bike out if you can before you go out there. You'll be a lot happier. You'll definitely have a better time. And the typical days that we would pull in Colorado would be 100 to 130 miles. You know, it would be on the two strokes, that's three tanks of gas. Right. So we would set up our loops. You know, we'd make a loop from Pitkin to Crested. We'd make a loop from, from Pitkin to Sargent's. And then we'd go south and come back. So you are always hitting a gas station or go to Aspen or even go over Monarch Pass, you know, over that way. So, um, <clears throat> the days will typically be longer, which means that if your setup is brutalizing you, if your forks are harsh or your your shock is kicking you, then it's going to do that all day long, every day for you know the whole trip, essentially, if you don't do some things to change it. So I can't stress enough to start out, get your sag set, make sure that everything is lubed up, make sure you have a consistent tire pressure because as you go up in altitude, you know your tire pressure is going to change. Make sure you've got... The type of tires you're going to run in there, you know, you've, you've spent some time on those tires and you know how they grip and so forth. And, uh, and and then after that, you know, it comes down to what do we do with our clickers, right? So when you pull your bikes off the trailer at Taylor, the first thing you should do is make sure you pop your air bleeders on your forks or unscrew your, uh, you know, unscrew the bleeder screws because you will no doubt have pumped up some pressure in those forks. The other thing to... Uh, to consider there is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, when you start to tune, you just want to remember some basics, and that is, the closer the bumps and the the, the more sharp edge they are, i.e., rocks and ledges and things like that, the faster your suspension has to move up and down. So if you break that down into from here to 100 yards down, typically any Rocky Mountain trail, you're going to hit. 20 to 150 rocks, right? The crap zone. So if you think about it, if you're going up there with your moto settings, for example, where you know you've been on the moto track and you need to take your off-road setup and stiffen it and slow it down so it stays up in the stroke and it doesn't bounce up and down on you so much. Well, if you take that into the rocks, what's happen is you're going to hit two or three of them and you're going to start to deflect in the front mm -hmm. and you're going to kick in the back or kick up or kick sideways. What's happening is it's too much compression and too mm -hmm. slow on rebound. So the first thing to try if you're in that situation, let's, let's assume that you know, somebody listening didn't, didn't go up there with their clicker set or didn't have a chance to tune. In general, you want to go pretty significantly softer on your compression and softer or, or faster on your rebound. So I hate to use generalizations, but if you have a well-tuned 
single track bike from the woods or from Texas and you go to the rocks and the mountains, you want to be a good 25 to 35% softer on your compression. So, you know, think about it. that's a pretty big movement on your clickers, right? Yeah, that is a, that's a lot of movement. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's like six clicks on a, on a show, a KYB or, a, you know, a beta setup, a little bit less on the KTMs and Huskies. But think about that because what you need to do is you're going to be in a lot of situations where traction is, is not really going to be as readily available as you want. And I think about, you know, coming out of the coming out of uh, dinner station and uh, climbing up the switchbacks to get up to the, the high country doctor park north of Taylor right in there. So for people who haven't been there, it's a, it's a gnarly switchbacked out, chopped up, whooped out. You know, it's been there for 30 or 40 years. So you'll come around a switchback and you'll, you'll be faced with a, a, a route that's this far off of the ground. If you can see that, I'm, I'm motioning about 12 to 14 inches off the ground that, you know, somebody sat there over the years and sawed their tire again. So you have to, you know, you may not be carrying a lot of momentum, so you have to either run that front tire into that root and have that suspension absorb that blow without stealing your momentum. Mm -hmm. So if your suspension is too stiff, you're going to bounce into that thing and the front end is going to go straight up and all of a sudden you're going to be probably back down the trail or stopped. Yep. And that's, that's the worst thing on a switchback trail is to get stopped. So... What you need to do is have the front suspension and the rear soft enough so it absorbs the blow, but then it also needs to rebound fast. So if you get over that imaginary route there and the next thing you've got is, you know, shelf trail and ledges all the way up, if your rebound is too slow, what's going to happen is you're going to start to feel the suspension be very harsh and unforgiving because you're going into those successive bumps or rocks or ledges as we're calling them in this situation and the suspension doesn't have enough time to rebound back. So in general, when I push down on a bike up in the high country, I've, all my buddies are like, hey, check my stuff. Is it, you know, is it all good? If I push down on it on the back of the seat and it really follows my hand back up and I push down on the bars and it feels you know, a little overly springy, you're probably in the ballpark. Okay. And it may sound a little crazy because when you start riding your bike, you know, it doesn't feel like maybe it did for the rest of the year, but you're not tuning for that. You're tuning for an extreme. Yeah. Riding in the mountains, riding in the in the rock fields, uh, riding Tennessee Knockout, you know, riding King of the Motos. That's an extreme race, extreme event, extreme week in the mountains. So um, think about that. You know, you have to make a pretty big move in your suspension. Like in your case, Brian. We talked a little bit earlier. You know, I set your bike up for a, a cross like Texas fast. A to double A cross country, right? So yep. now you're back at the motocross track with it. Well, you're going to need to stiffen it up. So from where you're at in your in your settings now, you're stiffer and slower than the than the baseline we'd established. So you need to not only go back to that baseline, but you need to go that other twenty five to thirty percent. Right. So yeah. it's quite a big movement. So I would tell guys out there, get used to the bike moving around underneath you in the rocks, especially when you're trying to climb. It's not, you know, there's the, the traction out there is not necessarily that great unless it rains and, and then it's the best thing ever. But when dry, you know, you typically have embedded rock, you have loose rock, and you're trying to climb through that stuff. And, you know, you ha you're not the first guy down those trails, so they've been around a while. And, and you know, so it can look 
it can look literally like, holy smokes, how did anybody ever climb up this thing? Right. There's a couple sections on the Colorado Trail that, you know, they're not necessarily steep hills, but um, they've been chewed up so much that, you know, you're, you're riding in four inches of silt with rocks embedded in that, with rocks loose, and then stuff skittered all over the place. So the bike on the front has to be able to absorb those things and reset itself for the next next hit. If it doesn't, if you think about your suspension in thirds, the first third is very plush and supposed to move very fast. Then it slows down in the mid-stroke, and then the back, or the, the last third, I should say, of the suspension is where your bottoming is. Where you want to live when up in the mountains is in that first third, maybe the first two-thirds of the suspension. So it needs to be able to float up in there. If the bike is too stiff, you know, the whole, the whole suspension and, and wheels will move up. If it's way too soft, if you go too far on your clickers, then everything just falls through, and now it's riding down in the stiffer part of the stroke. Yep. So it is possible to go too far, and that's why I, I stress again, you know, take the time to go run up and down a, a gnarly wash or find some roots to hit back and back 40 and, you know, and get a basic feel for how you, want, how you think the bike should feel. Yeah, well... Yeah, and that's that's the one thing that sucks is that we definitely don't have anything around here, like in the sense of testing. That's you know, that's if if you could set up your bike before you go to Colorado for Colorado, that's the best way to do it. But just like myself, I've been riding a lot of moto. I know that okay, cool. What I'm going to do is I'm going to back out completely. I'm going to count all those numbers so that when I do go back to the moto track, I know what I went to that Take felt notes. good, right? So I have those notes. And then I'm going to go back to the baseline that, you know, that Alan's talking about that we did set when, he, when I got the suspension back and then kind of go down from that to that 25, 30%. Hopefully, you know, that that's good. But yeah, so when we get to Colorado, it's like, okay, cool. There's that. That looks nasty. Let's go play in that and see. You know, hate to say it. You know where the perfect place to get ready for Colorado is? Besides Colorado? I was about to say Colorado. <laughs> Arkansas. Yeah, it would be awesome. got rocks. A four rocks hour on drive top of rocks, would be awesome. Roots. Um, Arkansas, yeah. I used to call it Colorado light. You know, there's just one less zero in the, the height of the mountains. Right. <laughs> um, but it's the same kind. I used to go out there and hammer my bike and get it ready for the Colorado 500 by just riding in Arkansas. Yep. But I live in yeah. Texas now. Yep, Texas, where it's much more flat. Oh, well. North Texas. Yeah. Here's another example that you could probably use because it seems like all we do anymore is work on 4CS forks. <laughs> <laughs> continue to be to be covered up in them so as an example right when when we sent your cross-country setup out the door it was 14 out on fork compression 12 out on fork rebound so you may very well end up at 18 to 19 out on your fork compression and maybe 14 to 15 out on your rebound so that that percentage i described was more on the compression side and not necessarily on the rebound side right what what you need to do in the rebound is you just need to make sure that the suspension has a chance to reset itself and it re-extend itself before the next hit. And you'll know it if it doesn't because it'll successively on the third and fourth rock or impact, like the star trail up there for, for guys that have ridden it or, and guys that haven't, is just mile after mile after mile of embedded rock. And if you ride it fast enough, you can all, almost skip from one it feels like you're skipping across the top of the waves until you fall into one and you miss. But <laughs> if you can ride it fast enough, you can skip across that. Well, you know, not everybody can, can ride the whole trail like that. So eventually you're going to plow into some rocks. 
So you just need to be able to make sure the suspension resets itself. And that's just going to be a lot by feel. If right. you're riding and you feel the handlebars on, on rebound come back at you very fast, almost like a slap to the hand, it's too fast. You yeah. need to slow it down. Okay. Yeah, and I do know that that's, the Star Trail is, is one of the trails that we're going to be riding that uh, Scott Bailey wants to take us on. So. It almost sounds like you're describing an Enduro Cross type setup. Um, with with the with the softness and the compliance as opposed to big hits, not necessarily though, because the enduro cross setups are much stiffer on compression because oh, yeah. okay. you're not only running through a thirty foot or forty foot section of rocks there, as opposed to you know if you do a hundred mile day, you may have twenty five to thirty miles of rocks to go through. So no, not not necessarily. It would be the the Rocky Mountain setup that we're talking about would be significantly softer on that, but not necessarily that far off on the rebound side. So I I would say this is again if you have a chance to tune, that's always great. If not, you know, go to your baseline. If you don't know what your baseline is and it, your bike is completely stock, set it at the comfort setting as KTM and Husky like to call it. Set it at the comfort setting and, you know, start getting softer from there. So that kind of takes care of the front of the bike, but there's a whole lot more that I would suggest you do on the, on the back of the bike, Brian. So I don't, right. much, I don't know how much time we have. I don't want to bogart the whole show, but... Um, Just awesome. f- find, find your fun synopsis. Find my what? Find a fun synopsis of talking about the rear. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jeez, man, you always go there. All right, so, so here's, here's what I would say. It, on, on the rear, you've got to think about being able to have the back hit something and drive through it. If it's too soft, it's going to go into you know an obstacle. And I use the switchbacks as an example of that because as you're switchbacking up to get to the infamous Star Trail Hills and switchbacks there is you'll come around a turn and it's just nothing but ledges and some of the ledges could be a foot tall where you have to hit one eight inches later hit another one so as the front wheel is trying to get over them light the back has to to stay moving if the back's too stiff what's going to happen is it's going to hit and it's going to come back right back up in your butt because it's too stiff and not it's probably not too fast on rebound it's just too rigid so you want the back to just squish into things it's like when we talked about setting up for King of the Motos. You know, it's all about keeping your traction. So just let the back plow into stuff and then set the rebound fast enough to where you can feel it start to crawl over things. When you get the bike right, what will happen is you'll be crawling over a log and you'll actually feel the, the tire biting on the back side of the log or on the back side of a big rock and propelling you forward. So that tells you that, you know, you've you've been in contact with the obstacle all the way over it rather than being too stiff, hitting it and bouncing or being too soft and just going into it and losing all your mo. Hmm. That would be my analogy. I like it. That's a, that's a good quick synopsis to talk about the rear and how the rear should be springy, but not too springy and still not too stiff. Like Kim, like Kim Kardashian. That's probably way too springy. Yeah. But balanced. A couple of overinflated tires on the back end. <laughs> I know it's not like we're riding UTVs here. Oh, gotcha, Steven. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. I know that's a, that's a whole other suspension uh, suspension conversation. Well, um, 
So, like, when it comes to the balance aspect of that, that's a big part. I know that you've always talked with us, too. So we've talked a lot about the front, a lot about the rear semi-separately. And I guess that's then where the fine-tuning comes in. Once you kind of start to get a good feel for how the front and how the the, the, the back are reacting, then you kind of want to figure out, maybe fine-tune for how they're reacting as one unit, as in the bike itself? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So. It, you know, if you're if you're on a typical trail up there and you find that, you know, the front end is just plowing into things, but it's throwing you forward out of your body position. So if you're consistently hitting obstacles and you're having to come out of your body, your riding position and getting thrown forward, it's just too soft because you're hitting stuff fast enough where the bike needs to hit it and go over it. If you're getting pushed forward a lot, you, you know, I like how your, your wrists want to roll down sometimes then you need to stiffen it up a little bit. Okay. Um, so now, is that you, with, with dampening or with springs? Well, if you're, if you're on the star trail, you, there's no chance to change springs. Right. So we're going to talk about, talk about dampening for, for this conversation anyway. But, yeah, I, I'm obviously making the assumption that, you know, it, the more serious riders that are going to Colorado should – know enough to put the right springs on the bike. That's that's the first thing you and do see, before you work it out of I just knew enough to send it to Alan. It's a still well performance. That's all you have to know. Yep. I have to know his number and his email address. That way it's I can some, that way I can get his address to ship my shit. <laughs> <laughs> and you have him on speed dial for your credit card, right? Yeah. <laughs> Luckily it's like, it's like, are you calling me from the jail again, Pierce? <laughs> it's like, he's like, I told you I cannot get in touch with the Bales Bondsman in Texas. You're an idiot. <laughs> it's like, but okay, can you call my wife? Thanks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, um, well, cool. I think that's a really good information about oh, Colorado okay. suspension. Totally I agree. think that that's definitely a cool point. We'll be able to pull that piece out. What we're going to do is kind of pull that out from the show so it can live on its own so that people out there maybe are searching around for some right. Colorado suspension settings. You kind of find that little nugget of greatness. And, and use that to hopefully get some, some help towards that if they're heading to Colorado. If they'd like to get in touch with us or Alan, Alan is available at stillwellperformance.com. And, of course, adventures.ctime.co is where we're going to be doing all the fun adventure stuff. But before, Alan, you go anywhere, I wanted to know, there's a lot of 2016 talk. We've seen KTMs. We're going to see Huskies soon. Uh, we just saw Yamaha. I think we've seen some, some Honda stuff. We're about to see some Cowie stuff and some Suzuki stuff. So kind of... In the world of suspension, maybe off-road, maybe moto, maybe whatever, just is there any new cool technology that you've seen that you're either A, excited to play with, or B, you've already played with and are excited about it? We, uh, like, as I'm speaking, we have five of the FE models in the shop right now. Ooh. So they've been ridden for a couple months now by different customers. We have a 450 we're testing on. And, you know, honestly, guys, it, it looks different. It's lighter, and it has the same issues as it always did when it comes to stock suspension. Right. And they've gone on to the sixth revision of the 4CS4. Um, guys are still complaining about the exact same thing. We found the same issues when we were testing early on with the, with the factory edition. The shock is really cool in that, you know, we weighed it. First thing we did, of course, is, you know, put it on the scale. Wow, this is all cool new technology. Um, the, the bottom line is that it, it is two pounds lighter, but that's the best thing about it. You know, guys, the magazines, us, um, customers are already saying, gosh, I, I was hoping it was going to be, you know, something better. They, uh, they made the reservoir a lot bigger, you know, the nitrogen reservoir. So we thought that was cool. We took it apart and 
ironically, the, the piston that floats up inside there is a, is a uh, reused, uh, recycled plastic piston. Hmm. And I'm looking at this going, gosh, they put all this effort into this shock, and then they have this cheap piston in there that's no doubt going to expand at a different rate than the aluminum that it's trying to seal against. So, um, you know, we're busy working on some really cool aftermarket stuff for the shocks, and, and uh, the solution we have on the 4CS fork has is, is been really good for us. We're getting a lot of business, and, uh, you know, that that solution carried over into the 15 and a halfs, and therefore... It, it's going to be the same for the 16s. The shock on the 15 and a half, the fork on the 15 and a half will be the same on eight new models of the KTMs and 16s. So wow. as far as KTM and Husky goes, uh, you know, the feedback we're getting, our testing, our customers are telling us that the issues are still there. Um, so, you know, I, I hate to burst somebody's bubble that's looking to spend a lot of money waiting for the new one, but it's, it's going to be worth it in a lot of other ways, but not necessarily, you know, I don't see any break suspension there right. i think on on the motor side of things i think they're getting the air fork figured out now you know the showa has three chambers it has a negative chamber so the you know it's it doesn't it's not just an air spring like it was in 13 and, right. and in where you know you pump the thing up and you leave the line and when you when you're 20 minutes into your 30 minute moto you know now it's three rates stiffer than it was when you left and your arms are falling off so yeah. i think they've got that kind of figured out um, we like that, you know, I think that you're going to see an air fork coming from KTM and, and Husky sooner rather than later. Beta has a new twin chamber fork that's made by Saks that'll be released on their factory editions. So I've seen the technical data on it. I haven't obviously ridden it or, or seen it yet in person, but you know, so the, the bottom line is guys is, you know, you have to, you have to take the time to do the basics and your suspension will get better. Right. So when you roll your bike off the showroom floor, if the springs aren't right, change them. The bike will get better. Take it out and ride it for a weekend and do nothing but, you know, adjust your clickers. The bike will get better. And, you know, I'm not here to take pick guys' pockets, so we do tell them that, you know, go ride your bike. They'll, they'll say, gosh, should I send it to you right away or should I go ride it? It's like, well, you know, you just spent nine grand on it. Go ride it. See what you think. And, <laughs> yeah. And, well, sure enough that we get that business because they're just the, the new bikes I think stock could be a lot better than they are um, so you know we have tested the the Yamaha FX and really like that I think out of any bike the stock suspension on that bike is uh, is the best ironically that suspension system the SSS fork and, and shock from from KYB have been around forever and it's a good system so you know I have a buddy that bought one, and, and we went out and played with it and stuff, and I, I'm like, you know, this thing's not bad stock. So we made it better, of course, but um, it's easier to make some brands and models uh, better than others, you know? Right. I think that I think that the Japanese have chassis geometry on the motocross was really figured out. I think the new KTMs are a huge step up as far as flickability and their ability to just feel so much lighter well they, they are you know they lost almost 10 pounds on them <laughs> so you know so it's the same adage for 16 do your homework choose your you know choose your bike choose your tuner well and uh you know call us if we can help you figure all that out nice yeah no i, I i'm i'm looking forward to seeing all the what, what husky has to offer because we've kind of heard you know a little bit yeah. but they're doing a good job of kind of keeping the keeping the the shell on it 
I guess, the lid on it, if you will, up until they actually have all the, the stuff out for, for August uh, or come August. And I think, too, another reason maybe is because they're, they're trying to really differentiate themselves from when KTM launched their line. Uh, and I think when Dylan was on, he was saying that it's sometime next year when their factory is supposed to be completely done so once or so that they can actually be producing all their own stuff there in uh, in Austria. Uh, if it, Instead if, of just a white KTM. Right, you'll and have so we'll start to see a lot of differentiation. There. So it'll be cool to see that. And Yeah, we just built a custom T300. We just got it done this morning. In fact, we put the graphics on it. And there's some cool things with them, you know, but I, I do know that Husky, like you just said, really wants to differentiate themselves and make it a different motorcycle because I can tell you the guys that are buying Huskies, they don't want to be called white KTM riders. You know, right. they a lot of them have been around for the original Husky brand and uh, and they really are digging it, owning a Husqvarna again. So they're really cool bikes. They, they look good. I like the uh, like the composite subframe and, and so forth. So, yeah, it'll be neat to see what comes. Agreed. Well, cool, man. Well, good luck with everything as yep. you start continue to heal. But thank you, obviously, for not just being a supporter of Seat Time, but for coming on the show as well and kind of helping and share and spread the, the, the knowledge. Because, as always, I feel like I'm walking out of um, a class from college where it's like, I feel like I just learned so much information and I hope I didn't daze enough to where I forgot it all. So it's like a little bit of both, maybe. I but don't now know. we have it in electronic format. We can go back and listen to it anytime that's, we want. That's the better part is I'm going to pull all that out into a nice little short segment, and everybody can learn from it, and then they can tell me what you said later. Well, Brian, I'll tell you, I'm really excited to see your show grow, and, and we have been supporters for a long time and really pumped about it. So you guys have be safe, have fun, enjoy yourselves. You have no idea how hard it is not to I'm sit I'm going to tell you the same course. thing I tell my wife. Mm. Be safe and have fun. Make up your mind. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. Well, the good thing is, is so we've got uh, a, a lot of cool stuff that we're going to be doing while we're in Colorado. And one of those things is being able to have a chance to to bring you know a little bit more presence to, to the Stillwell name. Uh, we've got a lot of different companies that either A, have sponsored seat time for a long time or have just been friends of mine through the industry, luckily enough. And so we're going to kind of do do a little bit of a focal point on a lot of that while we're in Colorado. So we'll have a lot, a lot of content to pull from that. So definitely uh, look for that in the future because we will have a lot to say, a lot to show about Stillwell Performance being with us uh, with Seat Time Adventures there in Colorado. So it'll be a good time for sure. And uh, yeah, I guess rubber side down, right? That's the idea. Yeah, absolutely. You guys will have a fantastic time. So unless you're in the Nitro Circus, yeah. And then those guys are just, you know, doing four flips, like a quad flip. That's ridiculous. Or a wheelchair flip. What are they thinking? I don't know. They weren't, I guess. I don't know. Well, cool, man. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. We always appreciate it. Heal up, and uh, hopefully we'll be back on a mountain bike and then maybe even a regular uh, dirt bike soon. It's all good, guys. Keep it pinned out there. Absolutely. Thanks, man. See ya. Peace. Cool. Um, I think biggest takeaway, I I like how he kind of made it case in point you know because the switchbacks because in colorado when you ride colorado you always come across those switchbacks and i do know exactly what he's talking about you come it, shoot we've been in enduros all over the place oh, where yeah. you come around in a left hand turn and there's some stinking route that is just totally you know sawed out from maplesville alabama they it's ride like, the yeah. same trails for 40 years yeah, exactly and then they put a 24 and then they put a 24 hour race so it's like yeah. oh my god it's beats crap so, but yeah so it, it, that's a really good information there i'm definitely going to get a to have a fun chance to really test the suspension i mean yeah. the only 
you know, like I said, there's going to be a couple different parts that we're putting on the bike um, for this, you know, seat time adventure. So there's going to be a couple different things going on that we're going to be kind of testing and goofing off with and trying out. But Sewell suspension is going to be one of those. So kind of to talk about seat time adventures a little bit, we are going to attempt to do a live show that Tuesday night in a week from now in the mountains. So we have our hotspot, our little MiFi with Verizon. We're going to have that up there with us, and we're going to try to see. We have no idea. Honestly, we have no idea if we're going to get coverage. And if we do, we're going to test it out probably on Saturday, Sunday or Monday just to kind of see if we can get something going. And if we can, we're going to do a live show. But what the way that we're going to kind of do the show is obviously way different than we would do anything right. else. And we're going to kind of have everybody there. We'll probably have like two or three microphones, and we're just going to try to pass them around, uh, chat with each other. Um, and, and and really just kind of talk about what we've been doing, what we've been accomplishing, because by that point, we'll have three days of riding underneath our belts. We'll have one more day to go. We'll have probably some pretty good stories to share with you guys. Um, by that point, I'm probably going to have at least two or three beers in me before we even start the show. So the hope is that it'll be entertaining for you guys, and if it lasts a long time, I'm glad you're using your life-proof case. <laughs> but um, so... I think it'll be a good time. I'm looking forward to that. I hope, I hope, I hope that we can make that happen um, because this device is $80 a month versus $2,000 for three days for a, a live view backpack, which we know would give a signal, but would also drain us of any college funds my kids would ever have to even start with. So we can't go that route. So, but again, some of the other little highlights is that one of the things, the hashtag seat time adventures, that's what you need to follow or pay attention to while we're out there. I am going to be posting with that. Steven is going to be posting with that. So all, everything that's going to be happening this year is going to be under the seat time adventures uh, hashtag. So that's one good thing. So July t- uh, 19th to the 22nd, look for all the epic views and all the awesome footage that we're going yeah. to be putting out. Yeah. Um, I can't say... the capacity that we have to do this event this year, we will not be able to put out daily recaps. It's just not in the, in the, it's just not in the (laughs) the capacity of the people that we have with us. What we're going to try to do though is daily. We're going to try to pull a couple good little bits and maybe put together a couple quick little Instagram edits. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 15 seconds of little blurbs. So maybe two or three of those, if we could do that, if nothing else, maybe one of those, I mean, we can edit those on our iPhone. Um, We could pull the footage from the GoPro. We can edit them on our iPhone. So there's no reason that we can't at least get a couple of those out to you guys. So definitely be be paying attention to that because that's what we're going to use to try to get um, some video footage. Obviously, ep- pictures will be easy. We'll be able to get epic pictures to you guys very, very easy. I did mention a couple products that we're going to be testing. Now, this is one. I don't even know if you know about this. I don't even know if I showed this to you. So Fast Company came out with what they call the Impact Moto Peg, right? So this peg right. um, has a, actual, has a piece of elastomer in it. So with this peg... I think it's pretty interesting. I mean, it's, it's little suspension in it, your peg to a degree. Yeah, I mean, so with the, when you look at the flex handlebars, the flex handlebars have these, the, you know, the elastomers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and they flex, sure, but they don't flex to the degree of what people would imagine. So these these impact moto pegs, the same, it's kind of the same idea. It's not that they flex; it's that they have just that tad bit of dampening, mm-hmm. and that tad bit of dampening might help you last an eight or nine hour ride in the Rocky Mountains. With the motor vibrations right. being slightly that damped. much yeah. better. No. Uh, and, and that's the idea. So we're going to go ride with these bad boys out there and kind of see uh, see how it goes. And now, granted, I just told you, I'm going to be having ankle surgery. That was one of the reasons I bought these things. And yes, I bought them. They did not give them to us. Um, of course, they did give us a little bit of a discount, but we still bought them. But with that, I, I think it's going to be great. And that's why I ordered them. I was like, I'm not going to Colorado with my ankle in the shape it is when they have a product like this on the market. 
And I was like, this will be a great product. So it'll be cool to test those out. So another product. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, we know the handlebars oh, help with that yeah. because they, not that they necessarily are a suspension like you can get on the front end of a mountain bike, uh, but they dampen, they dampen vibrations and they do give you just a little bit of cushioning. So they do work. Yeah. No, and, and super, super stoked um, on that because we've talked about wrist injuries, we've talked about shoulder injuries. I've got, I've got a shoulder injury and those bars help a lot with me. Um, so if you haven't checked out Fast Company, please do so because they've uh, been huge supporters of T-Time in the past. They still continue to support me even though they're not technically a sponsor of the show anymore. Um, but we still keep their banner up because they're awesome people and we really appreciate everything they've done for us because they're awesome and they, they're a company worth supporting in the industry. So that's why we continue to do Very so. Very innovative. Absolutely. I mean, and we're, we're... we have another cool... Another cool part that honestly I don't know if I'm even I don't I'm not going to mention it because I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it or not. I don't know if it's actually been publicly released. If it has, we'll talk about it uh, at the adventures. But we've got a UTV part from Fast from Fastco that we're going to be uh, testing out while we're there. So uh, if anybody knows how to say "oh shit," it may have something to do with that. Uh, so the Kenda Equilibrium tire, super super excited. We did get a pair of uh, a set of those in. So I'm going to be putting those on 350 to bring those up there to Colorado. I think this is going to be the perfect place for it because, and why I say that is, my, my one thing is that a big negative towards trial tires and why people um, off-road where they've seen the biggest negativity with them is when you were to get in a situation where you're leaning the bike over and really trying to carry and track through a turn they don't have great side knobs right or trials tires have no side knobs right well these equilibriums they do have some side knobs but the thing is is they're so flexible are they and again i have not had a chance to ride on them so i'm not saying this my assumption is that in those kind of situations where you'd be leaning the bike over heavily trying to rail a berm or something like that or maybe even where it's a flat turn you know that you may not get the same kind of traction you would with a full knobby kind of side on the side knob that's my assumption and the, the so, plan the plan will be we're not going to be spending a lot of time on highways. Right. So the softer, gummier type tire won't wear out on the street yeah. badly. And, and so then, you'll get a good yeah. test on it. And being Colorado, the fast stuff that we're going to be doing isn't going to be in the turns. Right. You know, so right. The, the, even if we're in a turn, we're not going to be laying it over. We're not going to be pushing a lot of weight to that inside side knob. So I doubt that that's going to be something we're going to notice if it is an issue. Again, But I mean, like what, in the Colorado 500... You put on so many miles road of miles. roads right. yeah, you'd wear tires that you'd out. wear that thing out. Right. Um, now, we have talked to a couple different people. Uh, luckily, we posted a picture on Instagram today, and a couple people did comment that they have had a chance to try out the equilibriums. And in some of the places, they noticed where they might have a little bit of issue is braking, especially on a downside of a hill kind Oops. of braking. So when you're kind of coming into it, maybe you're coming down, just because of the fact that it doesn't have super grippy uh, knobs. It doesn't have very open knobs um, that it doesn't seem to track up very well when you're trying to brick. Then you'll find out how well it works in the mud. Exactly. So, I, I mean, I, I'm definitely down to be extremely open about whatever we find out. I think it's going to be an awesome test. And then, of course, uh, we've got another set that we're going to have at the TKO. But what we're going to do when we get back from Colorado, this is something that we kind of talked about on Instagram, we're going to be offering away a set of equilibrium tires. Now, we'll be able to give you a front as well. Now, obviously, they don't have a front equilibrium, but we do have some of the gummy front tires that we can add to that. So, pay attention. 
Um, if we don't have a show next Tuesday, obviously the Tuesday after that, we'll let you know more about that. Honestly, I would say in about two weeks, we'll know kind of what that competition looks like. We'll announce the winner the following Tuesday for that competition. Oh, that'd be great. And then they will ship the tires to you so that you have them in time for TKO. So you'll be able to use them at the event. You'll be able to get them on your bike. They make them for 990s? Not yet. Not yet. 990 does not need to be the TKO. No, no, no. I agree. <laughs> Right? Last, last man standing would go a block. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> last 990 standing. Um, so we got uh, Garmin Montana. Uh, yes. I, I just, we're, we're kind of talking about this because this is kind of, the, this, is the, this is where our mind is at. This is kind of what we've, we've decided to, you know, put our effort and time and money into to try to put together a better bike and better trip for everybody with this. And so with this Montana Garmin, or the, the Montana Garmin, I really wanted to test this thing out. I was talking to our good friend Ian Glenn there at Tour Tech. We got the chance to meet him at the Baja Rally. And this is, you know, he was kind of like, oh, this is a good, you know, a good... And I wanted to get something with a little bit more of a monitor on it. And that was a big yeah. thing for me with why I like the this. Use, the user friendliness of this model is better than, you know, the typical kind they use for like the rally. Right. Um, yeah. that they tell you get this model this model this model or this model when we bought that one montana was not right. was not uh, compatible but as far as user useful i think if you're not going to rally and you just want it as a, a gps i think the montana is going to be a better choice i think i'm going to finish off the show dad with an easy peasy with you This is a half pint full of awesome. A half pint? Is it? Uh, no, it's, it's a, 12 ounces. It's 12 ounces. At least it's not a pony. Three quarters a pint? You remember There's, ponies? No, you're not old enough. I remember pony. I know pony kegs. Five gallon, uh, the five gallon kegs. Not too bad. I've had a lot worse. I've had some better. <laughs> It's, so it's, it's up there with the best. Yep. So the Montana Garmin is really just a chance for us to kind of to kind of play around with a new GPS unit. Going to be a good time doing that. Going to download some maps from some different websites that people have talked about uh, instead of opposed to buying any. Just because I know that that's the route that people go. That's kind of a little bit more of a hacker way. And a lot of people have a lot of fun doing that. So I'm going to try to go that route and learn from what a lot of people have talked to me about on the internet. So it'll be interesting. Um, Obviously, we talked about Stillwell suspension. Going to be seeing how that goes. It's going to be a good time. So, excuse me. Yeah. And we actually uh, bought into the technology we, we've seen so much of in Baja where everybody's radioed in. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, we went ahead and got some rugged radios. Uh, we got three different radios. So, we'll have two of our riders with the, the, in, the in helmet, um, you know, push to talk. On the handlebars? Push to talk uh, radio buttons, and then we're going to have another uh, radio in the UTV so we can connect with them, obviously, whenever within range. So that'll be pretty cool. It'll mm -hmm. be fun. It'll be interesting to see how that kind of kind of goes. That'll but that's be the our, first time I've that's our, that's our That's our safety line to yeah. the real world. Well, plus the spots and yeah, that sort of thing. Yep. So some of the stuff that we're going to be riding, because I know there's a lot of people out there like, what kind of places are going to be riding? So some of the stuff that we're going to be riding, like Timberline Trail, Star Trail, which he talked about, Roaring Judy, Bear Creek, Comanche Pass Trail, which is the gnarly shit. There's some there's some gnarly shit there. Uh, last year, they actually, uh, uh, the guy, Scott Bailey, one of the guys that he was with, uh, dropped his bike off the edge there. So we're going to go is back. Is it a goat trail? Is it like a goat trail? Is it a, is it a goat trail where it's a... Uh, 
I don't know if it's technically down. a goat trail. There's just a, he said that one way you come into it is just kind of a little bit gnarly, and we're going to come the other way, so okay. it's gnarly but not as gnarly. Uh, and then, of course, double top and then block and tackle are some of the ones that we're going to be out there about on. But again, Seed Time Adventures hashtag, best way to follow that trip or you know just follow us everywhere else that's so going to be out there. Some of the stuff coming up while we're gone is going to be the Kenda Full Gas Sprint Enduro. So that is happening this weekend in uh, Brazil, Indiana, which is interesting, in Staunton MX there. So I wanted to tell everybody out there, since we're not really going to be able to be in tune with that, I was hoping that people could keep us up to date. Uh, let us know how it goes. If you have a fun experience, who's going to be winning? Share some of the uh, videos that get posted on our Seat Time page. So when we see those and we come in at the end of the day, we can kind of reshare that and uh, keep the information going for all of our fans. Um, the Seat Time website did have to go down for maintenance the other day. I don't know how many of you guys noticed that. And so with that, though, we've switched servers. So now I said the koozies and drop catch stuff should be should have been up. It hasn't been because of the site needing to get switched to a different server. Now that that's happened, I can go ahead and add those to the site. So do pay attention. I would love to get them up before we go to Colorado. Who knows if that's actually going to happen? So there's so much other shit that needs to get done. It's just insane. So remember, please give us some reviews. If nothing else, you know, you whatever star you think we are, give us that star. Thumbs up, thumbs down, suck it, um, and a couple comments. You know, have fun with it. That's the idea. So just don't be a douche. We don't like those guys. We're not douches. Why would you want to tell us that you are? I don't know. So <sighs> trivia question. Oh, God. What color were KTMs before they were orange? Well, they were green. They were white. Well, they I were, had the last they white were, KTM. They were green and white. The 95 KTMs. Because they had the white. green KTMs that were that were like the John Pintons. That that was just an in-between thing they did special. Yeah, but it was like year. when they were when they became a KTM after being a Pinton, oh. they, became, they were green. Yeah, but the last KTMs were white before they turned orange. The last couple of years, they were white or white, white, purple, and yellow. Yeah, and they I were had my '95. Oh, I loved it. Ugly. I love. It. Looks like the new Huskies. The new Huskies look like the '95 KTM. Yeah, less, uh, less, less splatter paint. Yeah, color scheme. A lot cleaner lines, thank God. That that's what was so bad then, about that. Then they became like they let a four-year-old walk up with a paintbrush and kind of. Then like, they became pumpkin bikes, and they've been pumpkin bikes ever since yeah. until they turned white and put an H on them. Yeah. Well, they couldn't stay dark green because that was Cowie. So, I like how you screwed up your own trivia question. I didn't. Because they were <laughs> white before they were they were orange. <laughs> so, seat time. Obviously a little bit shorter show. Well, not really, but kind of. Shorter show than normal. Less guests. That's okay, but we're going to talk about some of the yeah, stuff we that we're doing. We had an important guest. Yeah. yeah. And he had a lot of important things to say. But we're, and we're awesome people, so. And that beer's pretty good, too. See? He doesn't hate it. I don't know. So definitely check us out. SeatTime.co is the website where you can always find where we archive all of our shows. Of course, we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash SeatTime. We are on Twitter. The handle there is at SeatTime underscore CO. And on Instagram, it is at SeatTime. We are brought to you by the fine folks over at FlyRacing.com. KendaTire.com, which is KendaTire USA, and StillwellPerformance.com for Stillwell Performance Off-Road Suspension for the Badasses in the World. I think that's a pretty good tagline. Keep it pinned, as they say over there. It's probably their official tagline, so we're going to go with that. Uh, we're going to Colorado. We're going to ride dirt bikes. If and you're not quads. Ri- huh? And quads. And, and quads and UTVs and all kinds of other fun stuff. So 
I say go ride your bike. Have fun. Stop listening to us. We'll talk to you uh, hopefully in a week. If not, we'll talk to you in two weeks. Peace. Go change your folk oil. <laughs>